Block Party is a tech culture podcast. We do tech for the people. We cover topics ranging from cryptocurrencies, blockchain, augmented reality, artificial intelligence, and more. Our guests include entrepreneurs, creatives, and influencers. Block Party takes a unique view of tech through the lens of the people living it. Block Party is tech culture. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining us on today's episode of Block Party. Today, we are joined by special guest Dwight Glint, CEO of Expert, a third-person, play-to-earn, team-based shooter. Thank you for joining us, Glint. How are you doing today? Not bad, not bad. I just had dinner, um, and I'm ready to speak about whatever it is we're going to touch on today. Uh, yeah, and I have a whole bunch of questions, and I, I'm very excited about the Xverse project because I heard about it when you first put me back on to it a couple of months ago, and when it was still small, but it it, it was really did fascinate me because the level of polish that was shown in the available media was actually really good. But before we even get into that, um, I wanna I wanna introduce our our listeners and introduce the world to who you are and how you managed to get here in Web three. So. How'd you, how'd you start here in Web3 and uh, basically how did how did you start touching into the world of experts? Man, all right, all right. This is going to be, <clears throat> I'll try to keep it like concise as I can. Uh, there's a lot of parts that lead up to this. So I guess I can give like a little bit of a, um, a background uh, on myself, what I've been working on a couple uh, for the past couple of years. So um, before I quit my job to dive full time into Web3, I was working for Lululemon. Um, and way before Lululemon, I was working for um, a couple of other companies. So what I kind of specialized in was really, you know, kind of on the beginning phases of like, you know, companies or beginning phases of of um, uh, projects, right? So to really look at like the whole thing, like, okay, what's the best way we can approach this? How can we sort of like integrate into the market? And, you know, how are we going to do like our marketing side and, and stuff like that, really just to get stuff off the ground. Um, for Lululemon, I joined them about... Uh, I want to say like almost three years ago uh we were sort of uh, relatively new in the malaysia market so we were kind of building a whole team to get the stores up and running over here and that's sort of what i helped them with we did like a whole launch and everything it was pretty cool yeah. um and then uh progressing you know over the years i started learning about um bitcoin and blockchain because my commute to work sometimes where i used to stay took about like 45 minutes to 50 minutes it was horrible i hated it so much however that gave me the opportunity to listen to podcasts so i started learning about blockchain um i started learning about bitcoin i started learning about the whole um nft system and how you know its integration into um the human race like would be such a such a big change in our technology it's essentially my from my perspective it's essentially uh like how we develop like mobile phones right like mobile data so this is kind of where i see blockchain this is where i see everything related to nfts we're like the next step we're in the next step um of our you know technological evolution um so and how i ended up getting into the web3 side man this is another story so 
I I was sort of like, you know, I knew about the NFT space. I knew about all the cool stuff that was happening. I actually knew about Basie super early on because um, they were in, um, oh man, I can't remember the name of that app. What was it called? Um, do you know which one I'm talking about? It's the one where you can host rooms and people can come in and talk. Clubhouse? Clubhouse? I was like, I, I knew this whole thing was going on, but at the time I was like, yeah, that seems kind of lame. <laughs> so I missed out. I missed out big time <clears throat> to have some FOMO from that. But you know what? I'm recovering. So towards uh, towards the end of last year, I started diving into NFTs again because um, to be completely honest with you, I was getting a little bit bored with my old job. It was just the same thing day in and day out. And it's one of those things where you keep on doing it. That's just, you know, there's not really much to think about anymore. Um, so I started diving into the NFT space. Um, I studied blockchain, blockchain development. Um, I know a little bit about its, its, its function on the deeper end of it, um, but I'm not a professional. So I learned about NFTs. I was, you know, I made my very first Twitter account. And then I started seeing people post about this project. And I'm pretty sure you guys know this, like our listeners, your listeners, um, Psychedelic Anonymous. And I was like, what is this thing? Right? So I I, I, I saw the stuff that Voltura was doing. Uh, he was doing the whole follow, uh, like, retweet for a whitelist spot and all that. And I was like, yo, I have no followers. Like, what the heck? How am I even going to get into this? So I just started from there. Um, and it kind of led me into, you know, reading more about NFT projects, how they get started, what is their reason to get started, what is their vision. And I was like, yo, this is actually really, you know, it speaks to me on a personal level because um, I believe that the values of a project is sort of like something that's really important if you're going to run a project. Essentially like having a company, right? Like if you have a company, you're going to have your company values. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of where it started. This was like December, November, December-ish last year. Last year when, when uh, PA was like super hyped up. Yeah, and, and I, I really do appreciate your journey because you really did get the full fulcrum of of the entire cycle of of the hype behind cryptocurrency that is exists or cryptocurrency web3 nfts the whole movement that we're in today that that came from where people started maybe most people started i'd like to say around 2017 the people who started in 2015 are like are considered incredibly old and ancient in the game now in comparison (laughs) yeah they're the old ones (laughs) and and i think about that and i and it comes it actually touches upon something that you mentioned where you were talking about how NFTs are paving the way for a new a new uh, dogma in how we yep. integrate with our digital world, our digital environments. And I think that's yep. really interesting because, like you said, um, I, I too share a similar a similar uh, path in in Web3 in which I came from traditional like traditional finance. I came from a fintech, a company called Finsight. And shout out to them by the way great company um just you know the pandemic happened a lot of what we knew as life shifted and it i find it really interesting that the rise of the digital landscape in web3 not just specifically nfts um that that it kind of coincided with a greater dogmatic shift that was happening in our our global zeitgeist for everybody since covid touched everybody and did you expect it was going to be or the nft revolution was going to be so influential as it is today a hundred percent so that was like sort of something i identified back then right because 
Um, when I was uh, when I was studying when I was studying um, blockchain, uh, blockchain technology and, and its applications, right? Like I realized that there was a there was an opportunity and there was a space where NFTs or essentially tokenizations of assets is definitely the next step. Uh, the next step that we should take uh, if we're talking about technology advancement, right? Because there's just so much that you can do with it, and and there's so much uh different avenues it can support and help like more so more so than what we have today as our pfps yeah and and i think that's i think right there is something that a lot of people fail to misunderstand about nfts a lot of people say like and there are always going to be detractors in any space but like the detractors that say that that nfts are a passing fad or uh an unnecessary layer to existing uh principles and technologies that we have today don't really see the grander scheme of what is capable with nfts and and being like you said more than just a profile pic being a asset that can really integrate in a grander digital landscape um oh man exactly yeah dude exactly like i i can expand on that super quickly yeah um you that has you know a different perspective on blockchain technology on bitcoin on ethereum like ask them like have you at least spent 10 hours right even just 10 hours on reading about the technology educating yourself on it and then come back and tell me if you have the same opinion i'm pretty sure that there is at least 90 percent of uh, people in the world who have not even spent at least five hours reading about it five hours understanding the underlying technology not the hype that's in front right now but the underlying technology of where it's bringing us. And I think if they did spend this time, they'll definitely be a believer as well. Yeah, I, I truly do agree with that as well. And transitioning, because that actually has a really good uh, tangent point, because a lot of people aren't really exposed to what I think are the greater benefits of what NFTs can do globally. And we could touch on uh, like the sensationalism in, in media in general when it comes to Web3. For good and for bad, both sides. But speaking specifically on your project, the project that you lead as CEO, um, Xverse. Yes. Xverse is a a incredible project that I saw because when I looked at it, it looked it looked like a finished product. It looked like it was completely polished up and and for the people listening at home before before I even start gushing about the thing, can you can you explain (laughs) to us what Xverse is and how you managed to become CEO of Xverse at, at, as you stand oh, right now? For sure, for sure. Okay, so um, to keep it super simple, Xverse is going to be a uh, free-to-play Battle Royale that we're going to launch uh, sometime, uh, I'll bet up, sometime um, by Q4, Q4 in 2022. Um, and the difference with us and other projects, well, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, we are a play-to-earn game, right? So it's a battle royale uh, with a play-to-earn mechanic that also integrates NFTs. So the difference with us and other projects is that, like, um, essentially everything that we do in the game is going to be to develop the game first and the gamer's experience in the game. And then that's when we start implementing the NFT side and the tokenomic side. So it's always going to be about the players having the best experience first and then we add on the other things. So that, that's kind of why um, when you look at our videos, you look at our trailers, um, 
it, it, it feels a lot more polished than a lot of other different um, P2E projects out there. It's because we spent the majority of funds and time on developing the game first. Um, I, I can speak for sure that we are, we are far from being at the level that, you know, is expected uh, internally, but it's, it's, it's not bad. It's not bad. We're getting there. Yeah, and I think, obviously, all projects are in development. A lot of the things about Web3 is trying to incentivize people to understand that this is a growing, evolving project, and our participation in these projects are are happening in real time. So I think I think what you guys have so far are amazing. And I remember you were talking to me separately about how you got brought on to uh, consult on a lot of the gaming aspects, a lot of the gamer yes. experience to... Uh, to involved in like how as a gamer people will actively keep returning to the game because obviously like you said yeah. gamer experience matters in, in understanding what i will be doing day to day spending my time matters can you explain to me um where how it started yeah how how it started and where uh where did you involve yourself in terms of that gaming experience okay um so it started out um it started out in the metaverse server uh metaverse discord server uh, for the listeners that don't know what the metaverse is, we're not talking about like the metaverse. We're talking about the uh, the community of metaverse. So you can find them on Twitter, and that's kind of how I started a whole bunch of my my journey into the rabbit hole. So <clears throat> in the metaverse server, one of the founders of Xverse, his name is Gawain. So Gawain, he posted something in one of the channels about the uh, Xverse, and I was like, "Well, this looks pretty interesting." So I joined it. I joined the server, and just like you, right? I checked what they've done. I, I checked all their material and I was like, wow, this actually looks pretty good, right? But I was super skeptical at the start, not going to lie, because it's really rare to come across a project with, you know, a lot of things that are already developed uh, at this level. So I did some more digging. Um, it was a super small Discord back then. I think when I joined, there was only about 700 people. Mm-hmm. It's probably only 700 people, which is insane. It was super quiet. Nothing was really happening. Um, I, I messaged the founder... Sorry, I messaged a general chat. And I was like, yo, guys, like, uh, can I know a little bit more about the game? And like, what are you guys going to do for uh, game balance? Uh, how are you guys going to treat like, you know, the whole pay to win uh, uh, meta that's going on in the space? And that kind of led me into like a private conversation with the founder. And he was curious on like my perspective on it. So to give a little bit of background on why I was asking these questions. So I did play competitively, um, semi-professionally Overwatch for a very short period. When Overwatch first launched, I forgot what year this was. Um, I was I playing for, yeah, somewhere around there. So I was playing for Malaysia at that time um, for the Malaysian team for a very short while. And we were sponsored by Cooler Master, which is pretty cool. So I do have a very um, deep experience with games. I mean, I've been playing my entire life, so... Uh, I played everything from World of Warcraft. I had my own guild back then. We were like the biggest guild on the server. Um, I played stuff from Half-Life to Counter-Strike. Essentially everything. So gaming has been a pretty integral part of uh, everything that I do. It was pretty easy for me to kind of talk to the the founder about this. So I started, you know, he invited me to join the team to give feedback on gameplay. Kind of see the overall um, process of the game. Um, that ultimately led me... Uh, into growing into the community manager advisor role which essentially is where i would advise like the project on what to do the community um what would be the best way to build a community how are we going to build our company at that time experts as a company and and the next steps 
Um, from there, I started just, you know, doing my own thing, um, built up the project. Uh, we grew from like a thousand members to, I think we we're at about like 7.5K today. Uh, with Twitter, we only had a small, crazy small amount of followers on Twitter. I think it was like, I can't remember, 400, 500 followers before I joined. And then I just started applying myself everywhere to every aspect of the project. And now we're at 10K. And, and, and this is where we are today. It's been a crazy journey. Yeah. And, I, uh, I, and I becoming think CEO awesome. was really just the next step because uh, sort of, I guess, my, my site, my overview of the project and, you know, kind of just having a hand in everything. Yeah. I mean, obviously the team trusts you, um, your experience and your deep pool of knowledge when it comes to gaming and coming to community building is obvious to anybody who's listening and anybody who's in the discord or looking at your project on Twitter. Um, Actually, you brought up a, a couple of great points that I thought I wanted to get into about experts because that is something, uh, something that you mentioned about uh, the play to win, uh, the pay to win mechanics, and a lot of how yes. uh, the pay to play to earn side of NFTs and Web three is right. is kind of destroying the balance of of a lot of these uh, play to earn games. There's also things like liquidity bleed that's been happening all across the uh, pay to earn play to earn um, experience. Uh, I just wanted yep. to know from your perspective, how how did you um, how do you see this problem as it stands right now, and how did yep. Xverse as a whole decide to address this problem? Okay, cool. Yeah, that's actually a good thing. So that's essentially like the main uh, focus of our project, right? Like, so we come into the space to solve this uh, solution. Sorry, to solve this problem and come up with a solution, um, you know, for the problem that we identified, which is essentially. There are, yes, there are P2E games, but at its core, it is still a P2W game, right? So pay to win. So that is not very fair if you're coming in from a perspective of a, of a player, right? If you didn't start early in this game, you didn't buy all these assets super early on, you're going to be priced out. It doesn't matter how good you play the game. It doesn't matter how smart you are at strategizing. You're still going to be priced out because someone else who performs not as good as you or is just essentially not a good player as you are they have a better NFT, they're just going to win. And I personally don't think that's a great way to have a game. I completely um, agree. Yeah. And, and so the solution for this was to really, um, which is why Xverse itself is a shooter. Um, it's a battle royale first. There are a lot more um, expansions that we're working on for the future, but first one's going to be a battle royale. And it really depends on your skill in the game and essentially your mastery over the mechanics right which i think is a much fairer system so we will not have nfts that are you know giving you more damage to your weapons uh or some passive abilities that give you you know an edge over your competitors there's going to be none of that uh every single release for skins that we will have are going to be just purely cosmetic now i can touch on like uh why would you want to buy these cosmetic skins there will be certain incentives to it um, and part of the incentive system we have to these skins is that um, you could potentially earn more tokens depending on the rarity of the skin. And that's it, right? See, because it gives back to the, the whole tokenomic system without giving players the edge. And it also incentivizes players to want to have the skin. So it's, it's, a, nice, it's a nice little um, flow. Yeah, and I, I completely agree with that uh, perspective that you're taking on gameplay balance because obviously uh, there is a market for cosmetics in games. Call of Duty, uh, Fortnite, um, uh, Counter-Strike, all these different games have 
the presence of skins and just this uh necess this re continuously invest back into Xverse as a whole and reinvest back yeah. into the system without detracting my ability to play. Because sometimes there are just players out there that will there are people who will enjoy Xverse to enjoy Xverse and they might not want to be priced out like you said or they don't want to feel like exactly. just because they're not the greatest player of all time that they can't enjoy teaming up with their friends and joining into a random game and and not and just being able to be the hero that they want to be or use the guns that they want to use yes without 100%. being priced out it's not going to be priced out at all that's that's awesome and and to 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 talk more about xverse as a whole um yeah. i know that this this project has been in development for a while can you uh provide uh some insight as to how long the development for for uh not fortnite i'm sorry my bad um for xverse <laughs> I, I mean uh, there's another I mean, question we do share similarities about so there are there are a lot of similarities <laughs> there but um for xverse how long has the how long has the development cycle development cycle been for xverse and okay uh how how did you guys scale from the team that you had at the beginning to where the team is at right now because i saw that there's a lot of people working on this project there is there is like the 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 team members that we have listed currently um for the people listening you can just check it out on the website um those are just like kind of the 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 core players of of our team we we definitely have a bigger team um in the back as well um so in terms of development um the entire experts game itself has been in development for about uh should be eight months already by now so I've been developing uh for eight months um the entire process was starting from you know developing the map uh developing the textures developing the characters and and whatnot and making sure like the you know everything works in in the game client once it launches um it's actually a pretty crazy short time frame to to have this this type of stuff ready which is actually pretty cool like i i obviously joined experts a little bit later as ceo um but what they've done before i've joined was it's it's completely crazy on on the game development side yeah and I'm thinking, um, the the fact that the fact that you guys have been able to make such strides within eight months, and it, it's it's kind of funny actually when you think about it, because a lot of a lot of projects in Web three consider eight months to be a super long development cycle, uh, comparative to like the traditional, uh, one to two year development cycle that you'll see with most AAA games that exist today. Yes. Um, and and the fact that I, I feel like the amount of time that you guys have already spent building up this game both internally and communicating with your community and obviously this growth isn't going to stop growing as as you get closer to a release date but um how how do you feel like this is lent this development cycle that you guys have been on how do you feel that has lent to the quality of x versus um development well i think i think in terms of quality there really, there really hasn't been any, any, any type of dipping quality or, or like um, dipping quality of communication from the team itself. Um, I suppose the only really thing that kind of affected a lot of the stuff that we've been working on and planning for was the recent issues that were happening in Russia, like with Russia and Ukraine, because mm -hmm. the majority of our staff, um, they do reside in Russia and Ukraine. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, there were can... some, there were some like you know, uh, connection issues, like internet issues, and just complete outright no data across any system. So it has taken a toll on our development. Um, but there, I think things are still going along fine. And yeah, obviously, real world events have uh, 
unfortunately taken an unfortunate turn. And I once again hope that you and your team are in both Ukraine and Russia are doing okay. And I hope that uh things get resolved in the global macro uh situation. I just hope that you and your team are, are sure. great. And I'm pretty sure the community can understand as a whole that these kind of events can lead to uh, certain developmental roadblocks. Um, there's another question I actually had to ask, and I touched about this earlier. Um, obviously, there are a lot of similarities between uh, Fortnite and Xverse from yep. people who watch the trailer. They can see that there's a, a visual and a stylistic uh, similarity. Um, sure. Why why do you guys go with the homage in a sense? I, I don't want to say an homage yeah. because obviously Xverse is doing its own thing, but why why take the inspiration for battle royale mechanics from fortnite and how is xverse setting itself apart gameplay wise visually wise from being in the battle royale shadow of fortnite yeah you know for sure so um i guess like i can answer for the founders on this part like the initial uh the initial inspiration to sort of use the fortnite look because it's an understandable look and it's a it's an easy look to digest when you look at it and you see people running around in this battle royale in a match you understand what's going on you don't need to do any like type of like deep thinking like all right what type of game is this uh what type of mechanics are there it's just a really simple um you know theme to look at um and then secondly like uh with the whole like comparison to fortnite personally i think it's a good thing um considering the size of our team uh the time spent on the game if <laughs> if you're yeah. comparing us to something like fortnite that's actually pretty cool i don't see that as a bad thing at all um i guess the only worry from community uh the community standpoint of people is like is it like a complete uh copy of fortnite now to that i answer is that maybe maybe the majority of them have not played fortnite because there are some very big major differences in terms of graphics as well it does actually look quite different um the animations are pretty different too so i think it's just a cartoony theme that people are relating to fortnite um, and this is a good sign that means the founder's original uh, reason for choosing this theme. It's an easy to digest sort of look. I hope that kind of answers the question. No, it absolutely does. And and I agree accessible, with that. Accessible, you know, it's accessible. People will look at it, they'll be like, ah, this is a, it's like Fortnite. <laughs> it was it was in the same way back when Overwatch came out when I first saw that. And I was like, wait, is this like a cool version of a Pixar movie? Like, I remember, exactly. I remember looking at that That's and I was like, exactly it. I never blamed Overwatch for looking like what Overwatch looked like because I was like, oh, you guys took I what Pixar it. is doing and took something I liked and kept developing on something that I liked in its own way. So shout out to Blizzard on that. Kind of sad that yep. they never made their TV show or movie or developed that Oh, game man, I, I, can, I can speak about the millions of opportunities that they had for Overwatch. I, I, I think, I think <laughs> I about love Overwatch. I, I, obviously, you were a semi-pro and, and played professionally to... to to this but like i think about all the ways blizzard had the bag and could have flicked it and tumbled it and instead they fumbled the bag yeah just... no they had a huge bag they could have released a movie they could have released a series that led up to the movie sort of like a climax of the entire story and how it ended up at that point but no, they did some tiny tournament and did some NBA stuff, which is kind of lackluster. <laughs> I, I, I think about that. I think about it all the time. I'm like, y'all could have been League of Legends. Y'all could have made a, a, a Netflix show with Imagine Dragons. You had the money. You had yep, literally yep. all the money. All the they money. They really did. They really did. And then it devolved into a press queue to win meta. <laughs> uh, press queue to win. Um, and, and speaking, speaking actually about that, um, 
that that actually yeah. is a great transition point. So obviously we're talking about battle royale, and people are yeah. somewhat familiar as a zeitgeist and gaming zeitgeist. The world should be familiar with what battle royale is. You drop a yeah. group of of a of a group of people in into a lobby. They all fight for supremacy and they use equipment. Um, how what what are the the actual structures? If you don't mind me asking, are and and you don't have to answer this in too much detail because I know a lot of the uh individual gameplay elements haven't been finalized yet. But um, are we talking like a hundred and fifty people dropping in? Are we talking okay? Uh, yeah, I can I can speak about that that part. So I can speak about like the overview of like how the initial battle royale is gonna uh be run, and I guess I can also give like um a little overview on what our other game modes will be like so um the battle royale itself will be a hundred player battle royale um there will you'll be able to join like a solo or in a squad and basically everything operates like your 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 standard battle royale like you just survive until the end there'll be a ring around the entire map um in the map itself we have four different zones so we have like an ice zone uh, basically like a Antarctica zone, I, I would want to call it. Uh, we have like a desert zone, there's a forest zone, um, and then there's one more special zone, which I will not say. <laughs> okay, okay. And, and, and uh, obviously acquire, acquire weapons, acquire, acquire loot exactly. to make sure to build them. Yeah, so there will be different guns, um, there will be different uh, pieces of equipment that you can pick up, um, different consumables, um, and also I guess I can talk about this now. You're probably like the first person uh or the the first podcast i mentioned this in like there will be um skills that you can pick up um throughout the map right so depending on the rarity of the skill um they will have different strengths and, and whatnot so you'll be able to pick up this type of like you know gameplay variables throughout the map which i think will be great yeah and and that's really interesting and I've i've looked from the trailer that there were a lot of visual elements that were happening there that that showed like a lot of um I want to say aggressive style of gameplay because a lot of battle royale seems to have um you know die on the hill meta which is like you you, you oh my stay, gosh yeah you stay on that hill that's why I stopped I playing PUBG yeah and I'm just like I, I, for me that I mean that's 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 one style of battle royale I'm more the oh you're over there let me be over there and let's go hash this problem out and exactly. one of the things exactly I prefer that that's why I love Apex Legends right now. Yeah, and and one of the things that I saw in the in the trailer that I love so much is when the team is standing at the top of the hill and sliding down, like doing a full rush, <laughs> and and there's a there's this moment where there's a female character who is running through and she's shooting a whole bunch of people and she's like really on the attack. Would you say that this kind of attack meta is more centric for Xverse, or will it be that more style of like you know hang back, let's get our sniper rifles and and let's talk to each other every two seconds. It'll definitely depend on your your preferred playstyle, right? So, um, uh, I guess for that trailer itself, it's just a little bit more. Uh, it's a little bit cooler if you have all these action shots. But, um, in terms of the gameplay meta, um, there's definitely a balance between like uh close quarters and and long distance, right? Um, because you know we gotta we gotta make sure that we're appealing to a wider type of um, you know, gameplay uh preference as well. Because for me personally, um, last time I used to main uh tracer. And I used to main uh, McCree, so I can kind of, I kind of have like, you know, the experience of like playing either one, right? Like whether I'm either the rusher or the initiator, or I'm sort of the person that kind of like supports the DPS, right? Um, and and we really wanted to make sure that we're catering to 
these different types of players because we will definitely have them and and i don't think like forcing your player base to play a certain way to win is the best way to go i respect that no i, I sincerely respect that because uh the fact that you guys are allowing player expression through the game is actually um a thing that i feel sometimes is lost as like you know metas create uh certain styles that you have to keep up with in order to uh yes. to to like you know to basically play the game because nobody wants to play a low tier character or nobody wants to play a low tier strat but the fact that you exactly. guys are allowing people to express themselves is, is very admirable um speaking from a a technological standpoint and i don't know how much you know about this or not but um i know that uh xverse is being built on uh ethereum correct uh it's being built on a layer two ethereum yeah um, so that will be on a layer two of ethereum uh, a side chain we don't have a specific one yet uh, we are still looking at the options for like the best one uh, because transaction fees is one of our concerns. Um, I know there's a whole bunch of uh, options which offer zero transaction fees, but we're, we're still making sure that we choose the best choice because we will get like a very high volume of transaction, especially if everything goes well. Now player base gets up to, I don't know, like 200,000 within three months. Uh, we will definitely need to make sure the choice is the best one. Yeah, absolutely. And that was actually what I was about to touch on because um, obviously ethereum is notorious for high gas fees high transaction fees and uh the fact that uh you guys are thinking about this very carefully um is is very uh it's very significant in the sense of strength of your team and your ability to handle stuff um do you know exactly when you'll be finalizing this kind of like this uh this choice obviously because as as it gets closer and closer to Q4, and obviously we're very far away from that. We're yes, there's a whole summer and winter and fall season that's in between us and there. But um, how how close are you guys towards making these greater, grander decisions from a technological side? I um, hmm, I wonder how much I can review. So I want to say that we have identified a partner actually just uh, just yesterday uh, that we could potentially be working with. So probably very soon. <laughs> awesome, awesome, um, excellent. I want to say I want to say we'll be able to speak more about our uh, tokenomic choices and our blockchain choices after um, after the mint, okay. um, because yeah, because you know we're we're just making sure that we have the right choice, um, and our decisions now don't like screw us over in the future. <laughs> no, absolutely. Because I I've seen that happen so many times. Like you make like something that you thought was the best choice, and then uh eight months later you're like oh my god this is the worst thing i could have done for this project absolutely and obviously you can't you can't commit to anything right now because obviously yeah. the decisions aren't made and and committing openly without you know really having all your ducks in a row is probably the worst thing that anybody could do so i respect i respect your restraint um actually speaking on something you just said right now uh the mint date um how close are we to yep. mint date and uh what are we expecting to do with uh with this mint or what are got what it assets okay are we expected? To, to be able to mint. Yes, okay. So I guess I'll, I'll explain like the mint that's coming up. Um, I guess I forgot to mention that too. So um, our very first NFT launch is going to be um, our Express Pass. And inside this Express Pass, so why you would want to hold this or why would you want to buy this as, as a game player um, is because you will essentially get a lifetime season pass to our game, right? So that means any type of future events, any type of future season um, seasons that we release down the line, uh, you'll get it for free. Um, this includes like all the skins that come with it. Uh, this includes all whatever other in-game assets we decide to release with it in the future. Yeah, there will be some more things um, that we're releasing down the line. 
we are planning on some uh, legendary skin launches specifically for X-Risk Pass holders only. Um, and something that relates to the game at the same time. We don't want it to be some kind of like odd utility that doesn't really, you know, bring bring the players back into the game. So with the legendary characters, the idea was that like once we get to our 200,000 player base, or let's say even a crazier number, like 500,000 by next year, your legendary skin with a circulation of 5,000 is going to be worth quite a bit of money by that time. Absolutely, yeah. No, I can I can imagine with just the more iterative, uh. So uh, the iterative seasons that go on and, and the more things that you release. And obviously, like you said, 200,000 player base of just people making transactions and obviously all this economy that's going on, the season pass holders are going to be uh, in quite a nice position by any metric. Exactly, or exactly, exactly. I agree. And, and, and it's like, you know, the people in the future who, who see the value in having a lifetime season pass to a game, like I definitely do myself. Because I've spent so much money. I think the most money I've spent was uh, on Apex Legends. So I definitely, I spent a lot of money just to get the heirlooms as well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, those skins, they look great. I mean, okay, some of them don't look the best, but, you know, majority of them look great. Um, my favorite one is the Rave Kunai. So I, I spent quite a bit just to get the Rave Kunai. I love Rave. <laughs> It's an awesome character. I, I, I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, but, but yeah, so that, that's kind of where it is with the Exodus Pass. Uh, we'll launch that at the end of April. And um, yeah, that, that's kind of where we are at with it right now. Awesome. And how many, how, many, uh, how many units of the pass are we expected to be able to mint? going to be 4,000 passes. Um, and there is another 1,000 pass launch that we are doing on the Near protocol. So the Near blockchain, um, they were a blockchain and they, and they kind of approached us about our project and, and they saw like some value in us. So they partnered with us and they gave us a grant to continue our development, which is great in exchange for having a thousand passes launch on their platform. Awesome. Awesome. And, and that's amazing stuff. Like the fact that you guys already have these high level of uh, uh, collaborations going on and the fact that people are so very invested in the development of um, Xverse. And um, just out of curiosity, uh, obviously as mint go mint pass or Sorry, the experts pass gets minted. Um, yep. And obviously, with the launch hopefully being sometime in Q4, um, what point do you feel like uh, the experts game will be ready for a closed beta? Because obviously, I'm assuming that one of the things that will be available with this pass will be that uh, holders of the pass will probably get access to exactly. Yes, exactly. I forgot to mention that part too. So, if you are a holder of the experts uh, pass. Um, you'll be getting like early access to play the game before a lot of people. Um, so this early phase testing, um, it'll be like an alpha test. It's going to be sometime in Q3. Um, I can't say exactly when in Q3, but we are definitely aiming for Q3. So anyone who holds these passes will be able to test the game early. And then this is kind of where we 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 kind of you know um, circle back to having the community give us the feedback on on how to develop the game. So that's that's where we're going with that. So Q3, you hold the extras pass, you're going to be able to test the game, and you're going to be able to give us direct feedback on how you feel, balance, and whatnot. I think, obviously, the feedback loop is one of the most important things for any project, any game in general, is that, that feedback that they get from the people who are really diehard fans. And you do have a really diehard fan uh, community base in Xverse. Like, I've been in the Discord, I've seen you guys on Twitter. People are really receptive to what you guys are putting down here in the space, and I'm very, I'm very excited to see what you guys are gonna do in the future. Um, 
before we go, um, how can people follow Xverse as it develops, and how can people follow you in the world of Web3? All right, sure. So um, if you're trying to find us, uh, you can find us on Twitter, Xverse underscore IO, or just type in Xverse. I think, I think we should be the top uh, result Search. that pops yeah. up. Um, our website, if you want to check out our website, uh, we have a couple of cool things up there. It's going to be xverse.io. Um, that's just the whole website. Uh, and then as for myself, you can find me on Twitter as white glint. So W H I T E G L I N T underscore, uh, E T H. Uh, I should pop up there as well. You'll see me with like my, uh, psychedelic anonymous, uh, profile picture. Yeah, um, and for those who don't know what the psychedelic anomalous is, uh, you'll probably see like a very somewhat creepy looking picture <laughs> with some horns. <laughs> yeah, your, your guy, your guy is very Darth Maul reminiscent. He really does. <laughs> and uh, obviously, before we go, I just got to ask one last question, because we spoke about this earlier, but how the weightlifting competition go? Oh man, yes. Uh, okay, so to give some context on that question, um, I had a uh, we had an appointment with each other to get this podcast done at a time, and I forgot of the time differences in the time zone. So I was actually preparing for a deadlift competition. Um, I actually, my main sport for training is um, actually Olympic weightlifting. Um, so that's what I specialize in. Um, I compete nationally uh, as well. So. I, I got injured last year just to, you know, due to a multiple, like, bunch of random factors. Yeah. And I started strength training just to kind of recover. And uh, today, just today, I did like a deadlift only competition. Uh, one of the um, communities here was organizing one. So I just joined it for fun. Um, it went okay. I did not prep for this at all, um, but I managed to pull a 245 kilogram deadlift. Oh, wow. uh, it's, it's it's nowhere near my max. So my max when I was at my peak last time was about like 265, 270. Mm -hmm. um, but it's all right. I, I kind of just wanted to support the community and just, you know, see what's up with everybody. Hey, man, the, the fact I, that you, I think you showed I finished up. finished third overall. Hey, <laughs> you showed up, you glowed up, and you lifted more weight than, than most human beings in that entire neighborhood. I guess <laughs> so. So I got I to gotta give, give you mad props to that, man. Um, ladies and gentlemen, White Glint, CEO of Xverse. Check it out. We'll put the links in the bottom. And, you know, make sure you follow. I think this is going to be an amazing project. And Glint, thank you so very much for taking the time to speak with me today. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Awesome. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace.